back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it, it just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Welcome to Bass University Live. Uh, so so psyched to be here today. Really excited about today's show. It's um, it's bringing me back to my roots, and um, and a lot of you guys listening and and um, and watching at home probably started this way or, or competing this way. Now is is in the federation. That's where I got started. I was a, a BASS federation back before they had a split. Uh, and now there's MLF division and there's Bass Nation division, and uh, but it was awesome. I loved the clubs. I loved competing uh, around my region and trying to make it to the Bassmaster Classic. It was a thrill. Uh, it was a thrill. I learned so much. I grew probably as an angler more during that period than any other time in my fishing career. So I absolutely loved it, and that's. Uh, that's who we're going to have on today. We're, we're going to have on the, uh, Federation nation guys, the guys that have qualified, uh, to make it to the next level. These guys have qualified, uh, and won their division, uh, which is going to qualify them for the Federation or the nation national tournament. And that's one step. I'm talking one step away from punching their ticket to the Bassmaster Classic. So I'm proud of these guys. I'm thrilled to have four of them with us today. We will not have the Northern Division winner because that that person hasn't won it yet. That tournament starts tomorrow, and uh, the qualifier from that will uh, will be announced later on this week. So you can check all that stuff out over at Bassmaster.com. So great show. Get your questions together. You want to learn how to get started, participate in the nation, um, you know, anything from the various bodies of water. We've, these guys have qualified on bodies of water all over the country. Uh, we've got the Western Division, and, and let me tell you who we've got. We've got Frankie Mueller from the Western Region, one on Lake Havasu. Doug Thompson from the Central Division, one on Grand Lake. Will Davis from the Southeastern Division, one on Smith Lake. And Tim Doobie just punched his ticket up on uh, from the Northeast Division up on the St. Lawrence River, the the Thousand Islands region. A lot of different kinds of bodies of water represented here from a, a southern crystal clear impoundment at Smith Lake. Of course, the, the, the mighty St. Lawrence River, smallmouth fishery, Grand Lake, one of, one of the best lakes in the country out in Oklahoma. And... Um, and then we've got Lake Havasu, which I've had, I've fortunately have I've fished all these lakes. Never competed on Havasu, but I've I've cast the line, caught a fish or two out there uh, on the western region, which is uh, Lake Havasu is a, a I would call it a desert lake. 
it's uh, it, it's really crazy. It's crystal. It's really clear water, and it's set in, in more of a desert setting. So a lot of different types of fishing that are going to be represented by our guests that we're having on today. So you get, get your questions together. You want to talk fishing on those regions, talk about the nation, qualifying, getting involved. It's going to be a great show. We're going to have a blast uh, talking with these four champions. So can't wait to have them on. And um, there's a... You know, as always, Riz did a nice job getting us up and off the ground. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. This uh, this show is going to be a little bittersweet, you know, because I'm oh. talking to uh, talking to the guy that beat me up at the St. Lawrence, <laughs> but but that's all right. He 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 fished an outstanding tournament. Uh, really, really put together a nice game plan and executed it uh, pretty much flawlessly. So uh, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about how he got it done. In addition to the uh, the other three anglers that we're going to yeah. be talking to, it's uh, it'll be be super super interesting to hear about uh, you know how these got it how these guys got it done pretty much on four different corners of the country. So yeah, yeah. It, it should should be a good one. Well, congratulations to you. You made the tournament and mm -hmm. you had a blistering. You had you had virtually a five pound average on your limit on day one, like four and three quarter pound average. Yep. Uh, just amazing amazing fishery putting out smallmouth that big. Yeah, it, it it really is an amazing place, Pete. I uh, I went up there, you know, I don't want to say completely unprepared, but I was pretty much completely unprepared. I actually, I um, I went up there and I, I shortened my practice by uh by a day. Um, I I had a uh, I had somebody book me for a trip on the Chesapeake on on Father's Day, and I opted to to fulfill that trip and um and and limit and short shortcut my practice by a day going up there um and you know I, I didn't really know what to expect I had done some homework as far as areas of the lake that that I needed to be focused on but the dominant pattern seemed to be uh you needed to be looking at them um yep. and looking at them up there oftentimes for for these smallmouth fisheries is is in up to 18 feet of water even out to 20 feet of water in the current um and you're using a flogger which is uh something that we'll let tim talk a little bit more about but anybody out there who isn't familiar it's basically a giant traffic cone with a piece of plexiglass that you look down into the water at the fish on um and it I, I, gives you like five to ten feet of additional uh, visibility yes. under the yep, water yep and you can you can see everything uh clear as day as our main camera keeps cutting in and out here so on our break i'll try to figure that out um mm -hmm. uh but so i i was not really prepared going up there for that and i kind of figured that deal out in the last two hours of my practice and uh i was fortunate enough big shout out to ed string from the nj bass nation he had a flogger that he was not using he he let me borrow it and uh, I pretty much found every fish that I caught on day one during the tournament. Like, I didn't have them marked. I didn't know where they were. I just basically went fishing once I figured out that that was really the deal. Um, and then on day two, uh, you know, we had some mishaps. Uh, spun my hub running down the river in the morning. Kind of threw me for a loop. First time that's ever happened to me in a, in a big event like that. And uh, a flip-flop in the weather conditions um, kind of left me scrambling a little bit and when I finally got around the right stuff late in the day, I uh, broke off the biggest fish I saw all week. And uh, that was pretty <laughs> much like taking a right cross from Mike Tyson at yeah. that time in the day. Yeah, You called me uh, and with, your, with your breakdown. Yep. Uh, for, uh, and, and I got to be honest, I was impressed that your, 
your your how cool you were under pressure. Mm. I knew you were under the gun, you know, yeah. having mechanical trouble and trying to figure figure that out. Yeah. And that that's a big. I mean, dude, you got to be able to keep your head together because I guess it happens to everybody. Mm. Everybody's going to blow a power head or lose yep. a prop or. Mm. You know, the electrical system's going to go. It's, something's going to happen. It's right. vicious, especially when you're on a body of water like that right. where, where your your equipment's going to get tested oh, yeah. with waves and current. And it sure was. Everything you got to do. So, you, you, hey, you did a great job. You got did a great job getting there. Yeah. And yep. uh, and then, you know, competing, yep. you, you know, after day one, you were in the hunt, man. Yep. That's that's all you can hope for. Absolutely. You know? it, it takes a, just it takes about a five-pound average up there to it's even crazy. even be, be playing on the right field. Yeah. Uh, Big shout out to one of my best one of my best friends, Connor Cahill. He he won uh, the state of New Jersey. He put together a great game plan and uh, executed it for all three days. Finished in the top ten of that tournament on a lake he's never even seen before. Um, pay attention to that name; it's not going to be the last time you hear it. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if he went down to Pickwick and uh, and won the thing. So big shout out to Connor from the state of Jersey. But uh, we got a whole slew of guys on here that are going to talk to us about how they executed yeah. and got it done yeah they got it done yep. and uh yeah congratulations connor well done and uh you know it was great we're going to be talking about all that because there's a lot here uh there it's the team format like mm -hmm. how did each uh group like uh i've been on teams where it was a lot of individuals where we didn't work together that well i've been on teams where the the team concept ruled and helped us win what state won this uh rich the northeast division oh that's a good question pete we'll have to ask tim because that's I'm, another I'm really thing not sure. in, in a, it's another aspect to this deal is you got the individuals and then you have the state competition that's taking place all at the same time so there's a there's a heck of a lot that's going on on uh in these events which makes it really cool loved it uh loved it from uh from day one and so we're gonna we're gonna be diving in uh, we got a face here that you guys met the first time appearing on Bash University hey, Live. That, right? One of our behind the scenes guys, Scott Carlisle, is is with us. Is with us tonight. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate the info. This is good stuff. Yeah, glad to be here. Scott's a fish head like the rest of us. Totally. Ma yep. Mainly, uh, you know, dabbling in the uh, the MLF uh, BFLs right now. Yep, BFL heading up there in uh, three weeks or so. Hit the uh, old yeah. Thousand Islands area. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, all you need is a six pound average, Scott. Yeah. Piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that works out after the today's show. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> right. Who knows yeah. what information will transpire, but. Um, Scott's going to be uh, handling a lot of IMs. Guys, you got questions, um, you know, get them through to our IM board over at BashU.TV. Scott will uh, get your question asked and answered. Yeah, we'll get you hooked up. And as well as uh, we'll be following you guys on Facebook. And uh, we've got a great, as always, a Facebook like and share content. You're watching over there. Like us. Share it. And uh, we'll enter you into a contest. We've got some. Uh, what's what's our prize for our like and share today? Rich? We got a fifty dollar prize pack. It's a it's a awesome. tackle pack from uh, all of our awesome sponsors here at the Bass University, uh, as well as a grand prize going out at the end of the show. Uh, and that's from our folks over at Hobie Eyewear. We're going to be giving away a pair of shades 
to one lucky winner during the show. And uh, guys, if you want a chance to win that, you got to be a Bash TV member. And right now is a great time to sign up. You can try it out for 30 days for free. Use the code BULIVE30, and that'll get you unlimited access to the entire video catalog. For the first 30 days, no money down. You get everything the same that a paying member would get. So, guys, give us a try. It's really going to help your fishing. Take it to the next level. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Federation is a great training ground. Uh, I use it as a training tool to help my fishing get to the next level. It's it's one amazing tool. Bash University, I've built this. Mike and I have built this. Our whole team has crafted this to help anglers become better. It's a it's a really fantastic tool that guys from the, the just going out to be consistent catching fish to fish in the federation level to the very, very top pros, um, you know, we just – so many guys that are that are uh, fishing at the top level. Ryan Salzman, who uh, who just won the Bass Pro Tour, is an avid Bass University TV subscriber and has used it to help his fishing. So we've got we've got something there for everybody. And Jake Gluzak is becoming Riz. He had the biggest fish on the golf course pond captured, captured last night. And uh, the man, the myth, the legend. he 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 has. Man, it it like your your uh, your spun hub on the St. Lawrence River. Yeah, he had a, he had the wheels come off uh, uh, last night, and he's still he's still thinking about it. He was talking to me about it this morning, but he's become a top order aficionado. Yes, and uh, and we were out, and boy, when that rain the rain started coming down, and we were out fishing, and all the golfers left. We're on a golf course pond, and the golfers go away, but the fishermen all come out in the rain. Yeah. And uh, the rain started coming down, and boom, you could tell he got this, I mean, just this explosion in golf. Now, now in typical fish that we're catching these 12, 14 inches, you know, but it's a lot of fun. There's, It's pretty good fishing there. You can catch a few every time you go. This fish was three times that size. I mean, it was just the biggest fish probably lives in that golf course pond, and he battled it. And that, you know, he's this fish is digging for the lily pads, mm-hmm. and he's I'm I'm kind of schooling him up, like walk down the bank away, you know, cut the angle off to get yeah. that fish off the <laughs> yep, pads. Yep, yep. And he's listening, and he's 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 all bowed up. He's, he's cashing. He's of course he's got my he's always grabbing my rods yeah. to go uh-huh. do this stuff, which I love it. But he's got. He's got his rod bowed up. He's got good braided line. Uh, you know, he's, he's all set up. And here's the problem. He's got this big fish, but there's a lip at the golf course pond. And it's rocks and then the, the sod from yep. the golf course. Got to flip it. He's got to get it over that. <laughs> yeah. And he's got, a, he's got a spinning rod. He's probably got a five-pound bass or better. Oh, gosh. And um, <laughs> and he's, he's to the bank, and... He goes. He goes to lift the fish, and boom! The the bait pops right out of his mouth oh. as he's trying to drag him up the bank. But he saw the fish. He, he saw it. You know he what? Saw it. He Jake, bought it. Jake, you know? I'm I'm giving you. It it was if he was on a boat, that's in that's within that, net range. That and fish he, is caught, and he's going to be able to land it. You yep. know what I mean, yep. Jake? I'm giving you that one. I, you, you caught that. I one. tried giving it to him. Yeah, I gave him that fish, but he wouldn't take it. He wouldn't take he it. He wouldn't take he's it. He's got so, He's got to get his hands the on dad, it. Dad, unless I capture that fish in my hands, that fish is not caught. Yeah, so I'm gonna well, he's right. Get him another time. Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> he's right. Yeah, he holds himself to a high standard. Guess there what? The go. fish is still in the pond. 
Yes. Go catch him, Jake. You got him. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Crazy oh, good fish awesome. catch. Exciting to see my son get fired up on fishing, and he's got his boys out there fishing. So, uh, so really, really good stuff, and um, and we're really excited because we're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have got four Federation Nation champs um, that are going to the Federation National. We're gonna be talking to them about how they did it and what they think about the upcoming national tournament that uh, is gonna be taking on taking place on Pickwick Lake. It sounds like so. Uh, That's right. So hang in there, guys. We'll be right back after this short message. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.
Guys, welcome back to Bash University Live. Uh, great show. Great to have you guys with us. We're going to be talking uh, fishing, tournament fishing, nation fishing. We've got four champs. And without any further ado, let's bring them in, Riz, and uh, let's talk to the guys. We've got four champs from around the, the, the country, um, from, from west coast, down south, and up north and everywhere in between. So uh, we've got a... Uh, We've got a real a great lineup. We're 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 super psyched. To, yeah, we do. We we to, get and we got three of our four with uh, sideways phone screens. <laughs> so again, again, Doug Thompson has, is definitely the one who's been on several zooms before because Frankie, Will, and Timothy, you guys are all sideways. Yeah. So, <laughs> probably got to unlock your phone screens and then go ahead and spin it around again. All right. Well, d d we got Doug squared up. Is that you, Doug? That all right? Well, let, let's uh, let's dive in while we get the other guys uh, uh, squared away. Th this is Doug Thompson. I'm meeting you guys for the first time. We all are here on Bash University, and uh, you won the Central Region on Grand Lake, man. I, I I appreciate you being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Good times. Yeah, it's good times. When did that tournament take place? That was the first week of May. Oh right man, the first week of May this year. Yeah. Yeah, you guys wrapped that up early out there. That's, uh, you know, I know there's still there's one that's just going on right now. So, uh, boy, you've had you punched your ticket uh, for the national for a long time, man. You've had you've had a little time to think about it, man. Are you are you excited? Have you developed a practice strategy going down to Pickwick? Where are you at with it? Always excited to make the Bass Nation National Championship. That's a, that's a really cool event. Uh, something to look forward to anytime you can make that event. Uh, yeah, Pickwick Lake is. Uh, I love Tennessee River. Uh, November. I've been to Pickwick one time before. In November, not not competing, but just fishing there. It was. It, it can be challenging that time of year. Yeah, well, it's. Uh, it really is. Once you get into the fall, it's. Uh, it can be challenging. You know. You know. You've been there, but it's amazing. I'm looking at your stats, and you've got some pretty impressive stats going to the uh, All American in uh, in 2019. And but you've made a Bassmaster Classic before back in '14, so you you're the guy you're the veteran. You've been down this road. Yeah, getting long in the tooth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like quite a few of us are. No, yeah, like I said, ten, I like the Tennessee River. It's been good to me in the past, like Gunnersville. Uh, you know, this is a couple of pulls down, so uh, it ought to be a good times on the Pickwick. I, if you had to give advice, because I think a lot of guys are going to be going for their first, their first big national tournament like this. Uh, if you had a piece of advice to give to the guys, what would it be? Just maximize your time during the event. Uh, you know, you you have limited time to do your tackle, limited time for preparations while you're there. Uh, and that's something that I was told when I first. I've been to three of these national championships. This be number four. So uh, that was one of the things. Anytime they give you time in the boatyard, uh, do your tackle, work on your tackle, get everything lined out, because next thing you know, you'll be on the bus back to the motel. You know, it's, they take really good care of us there. Uh, put, put, they fuel your boat up for you, uh, feed us every day, food in your boat. It's, uh, it's a good times. I, uh, uh, one of the um, powerful forces in fishing in, in my world is George Cocker, and he's won – the uh, classic twice he's won the, the FLW championship, but he 
he his whole career was uh, predicated on on trying to win the 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 big classic tournament and one and and it, when your response to that reminds me of the thing that he said is like you you can't forget or don't ever forget that there's a tournament going on uh, at at these events because of all all the pomp and circumstance and hype you got to you got to keep your head in the game Doug. Oh, exactly. You know, that's one of the things that the Bass, when I, Bassmaster Classic, the media days, the, the, you know, the meetings we had to go to dealing with the media, just things as small as getting your jersey right. You know, you're waiting on your jersey. It hasn't arrived yet, you know. Right. Uh, but getting when I got on the water, you'd be at practice, you know, pre-fishing or actually in the event, that's whenever, you know, I was the most comfortable. I was in my, in my world and on the water. You know, and that's it's a tournament. You got it. You got to catch fish. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I I, I know with the classic uh, that it it is. It's you're you're so distracted, and the national is going to be like that. Um, and you can be pulled di- so many different ways, but you gotta you gotta stay focused. That's great advice. Great advice, Doug. And uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's move out to the West Coast with Frankie Mueller. Uh, Frankie. Um, Man, you you're uh, you're out from the West Coast, qualified on Havasu. You're 26 years old. You're 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 just getting started in this, man. That that had to be a thrill to win that tournament. Yeah, it was a it was a blessing. You know, I I fished the year before at the regionals at Havasu, and it didn't go so good. It kind of hurt my pride a little bit. You know, it's my home lake, so it okay. felt good to hometown. That's uh well Havasu is now now wait a minute I now BTC who is not with us shout out to BTC he's up with the uh, the boys from Pure Fishing up on Lake Champlain this week and uh but he's got some great notes here and this is an amazing note when you were 14 years old you sold a goat to buy your first bass boat is that true yeah I'm 4H at the county fair auction <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. How, I can't believe the, the, a goat you, a goat can uh, get you into a boat, man. Those things must be valuable. It wasn't it wasn't the prettiest boat, but it got me on the water. <laughs> that that is that's truly awesome. So what you uh you got started uh really early doing this at 14 years old, man. You're jumping into this game. It's now wonder you know at such a young age you're doing well. We're seeing that a lot more. I know Doug. Doug, I'm in your age category, but it's uh, Frank. The, the younger guys, your generation, are able to learn so much quicker and get up to speed and get competitive at such a young age. You're doing it really good uh, at 26 years old, making it here. At, what What do you credit to? I, I mean, how are you How are you able to learn so fast and get competitive so fast? Uh, I. I was pretty fortunate, you know, I had a handful of older guys that had been doing it for a while that kind of took me under their wing, you know, right out of high school, right out of the gate. And they kind of showed me the ropes, you know, the basics, what to do and what not to do. And mostly just keep your head right and stay calm and, you know, finish the job at hand and just. So, so having a mentor, you would say having a mentor, a group of mentors is, is a great way to, to advance. It was for me, you know, everybody learns in their own ways, but for me, it's kind of having someone in a way, you know, hold your hand and just show you the ropes, you know, rather, I know there's a lot of guys that have done it on their own with no help, you know, my dad been just about every weekend when I was a kid, him and 
him and my boss. Thanks for him for uh, letting me leave the job for a little bit to come do this. Um, those two guys, they took me on a lot when I was a younger, younger kid and, you know, fished a few tournaments that they'd allow three people on the boat and we won a couple of them. And that just kind of, you know, I was 12 or 13 years old and we won those couple tournaments and that just drove me to keep doing it. It's, it's interesting because uh, I learned, like, I, I, I was a, co, a co-angler to get started. I had a mentor, and, and his name was Rich Schneider. And I mentioned him before on the show a few times, but it was amazing to practice with him. And uh, we would have horrible practices, and then he would go win the tournament. Uh, and, and, and I, I never – you know, if I never had that exposure, I would have not known – how to turn, you know, lemons into lemonade, how to, you know, how you can turn something like that into a win or how tournaments were won. So a, a mentor was very, very important uh, for me as well. So highly, highly recommend that if you can find somebody. And, and the Federation is a great way to do it because it's, it's set up that way uh, because you guys are club-based, right? Are, 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 how is the Federation out there in your region? Are you, are you do you have a lot of big clubs, a lot of clubs out there? What's it like out on the West? In Arizona, I can't speak for the other um, states, but I know Arizona, we have a pretty good Bass Nation. Uh, you know, beginning of the season, we'll draw 40 to 50 boats per tournament. You know, and by the end of the season, when points are kind of dwindling, you know, down to the last couple of events, it'll, the numbers will cut down. But it's ran great. Uh, Blaine Ruddy's the Bass Nation president out here, and he – bends over backwards for us man he he takes care of us he does a really good job and at the regional tournament you know, i had boat issues the second day and blaine i called him and he jumped on my boat and you know, i pulled pull up on the trailer and he fixed whatever the issue was and got me going on the water that day so yeah the bass bass nation the federations out here they're they're good they're a good deal and it's it's a working man's tour you know i got come out of tour but for guys that have jobs and can't afford to go do it, jobs and families, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get into it. I hundred percent agree. It is a fantastic way to get into it. And, uh, and I love that, uh, that comment, you had a fixer, uh, amongst the group. It seems like every club, uh, has somebody that can fix anything. Oh yeah. You gotta have that guy. That you know? guy's, that guy is super important. Right. Cause God knows we can break some stuff. <laughs> Out, on, out on like you get out onto the opens or uh, even you know certainly at the top level you've got service crews that can help out but man it uh, and federation you don't man you gotta you yeah. gotta learn how to do everything that's right you, parking lot no tools flashlights 100 degree heat yeah making it happen or, or yeah. midnight one o'clock in the morning projects, you know, wow, wow, parking lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Rich, <laughs> you're my, you're the welder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad, we're glad that we have you, but, uh, let, let's jump down to, to Will Davis who qualified, uh, in the Southeastern division, uh, from Smith Lake. And I know Smith a little bit competed there. It's a crystal clear, deep, like mountain style lake. And, uh, and man, congratulations on a great win there, Will. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. That that what? When did you qualify? Was that a spring tournament, or did that just happen? Where? When did you get um, that go down? Uh, last November, I made uh, the state championship on Lake Martin, which kind of resembles Smith Lake, and um, went down there and ended up winning that, which uh, qualified me to fish Smith Lake. 
I I love it. I I, I fished Lake Martin. You're right. They uh, those lakes are, uh, you know, they they are very similar. They're spotted bass dominated. Is that is that what you targeted to win, or or did you go after the largemouth? Because uh, that's always the thing you wrestle with at those lakes, right? Do I go after one species or the other? Uh, yes, sir. You know, certain times of the year you can win predominantly just on spotted bass, but when large mouth are bedding, you're going to have to have a mixed bag to win uh, most of the time. Um, it makes it very, uh, very challenging to figure them both out if you can't find them bedding, you know, but it's, uh, you definitely have to have that mixed bag to win. They, they, it, you won in November, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so they weren't betting then, right? How, what were the patterns that you were doing in November? Um, I was burning a spinner bait over brush piles and jigging a spoon and drop shot. And the largemouth was coming over the brush piles, and the spots were coming out, you know, 20 to 30 feet. That's... Just on the hunt and stuff, yes. Okay. Were you, were you – uh... There's clear water and stained water there. Um, did you were you did you uh, pick one or the other or mix it up? Yeah, I've I've got a lot of history on that lake, and that time of year, it always fishes better for me from, I guess, Kalaja, which is down the lake all the way down to the Narrows. Uh, the bait tends to to be more active that time of year down that, you know, down in that area. Um, so that's why I really focused on the clear water. Then I did the stained water up towards Wind Creek and stuff. I, I got you. Well, the, uh, it, do we have that? You're talking about Lake Martin. Yes, sir. I thought you were talking about Lake Martin. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. But you actually won on Smith Lake. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. And that was what, well, that was a spring tournament on Smith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. So. And it, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I got you confused. You was talking about what got me here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm confused. I've got four amazing anglers <laughs> and five bodies of water here. I'm trying to – I'm, I'm doing my best to keep up with you guys. But, yes, uh, sir. It's all great stuff. And uh, Smith Lake – now, you got spotted bass spawning and largemouth spawning. They, they don't spawn in the same areas, or do they? They can if you have a different – uh, I guess, um, structures of the lake, like it might be a gravel bar on a point leading into the back of a pocket. So with that being said, they can bed in the same area. Mm -hmm. um, actually, Smith Lake and Lake Martin, um, both them lakes, super clear. You can see the fish, spotted bass, bedding, and actually catch them doing that, um, which they're definitely more aggressive. But you're not going to see near many because they bed so deep. How deep will they bed? Uh you know, they'll say they'll bet up to, you know, 10 to 15 foot, but, you know, you're not going to be able to see one to catch it, you know, unless it's six or seven foot deep or shallower. I got you. Has the flogger made its way down into Smith Lake? Mm, no, sir. It hasn't? No, sir. Wow. That's mm. pr that's pretty cool. I, I'm uh, Well, it's got to make its way down. I know uh, – uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, here in just a minute, but that's a, 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 a method to be able to get your look fit five to ten feet deeper into the water. So we're, that's that's interesting that it hasn't made its way. Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I'm looking at uh, at some of our notes here, and uh, the the Davis Bait Company um, is is your father's. That's that's a bait company that your father started. 
Yes, sir. He started about 30 years ago. Okay. And that's Big Bay Beats. No, sir. No, sir. He he makes products for Big Bite, and Big Bite makes products for us. I understand. Okay. Yes. And um, uh, he, he, you guys are connected with Amart, one one of the great uh, teachers at Bass University, one of the most amazing individuals um, that that I've ever had the chance to meet, uh, who recently passed, as many of you know. But um, you, it seems like your family was connected with Aaron a little bit. Uh, yes, sir. Yep. Um, Aaron came to my dad back in probably 2011 during that time. And um, he heard about my dad through a couple of his buddies. And Aaron had a bait um, called the Scrounger at the time. And he really couldn't get the action right and all the all the above. So him and dad spent countless hours um, redesigning the bait um, all the way from the Minotite bait, the thickness of it, um, to the bill material and all that stuff to make it quiver just right. That's that's fantastic, and I know that bait is uh, is being used and has been modified so many different times. The guys are using it in an offshore lot, it's Tennessee River. We see guys using it ledge fishing now. It's it seems like it has has really taken a taken a life of its own, and um, and that's awesome that your your dad has been in the business. Would you say your dad introduced you to fishing? It seems like that's got to be the case, right? Uh, yes, sir. He introduced me when I was about, uh, I guess, two years old or three years old. Um, he he just took me out there fishing off the pier at our local marina down here on Lay Lake. And I got old enough really get in the boat. And we started fishing from there and started fishing tournaments and just gradually, you know, gradually worked the way all the way up to fishing high school and college and at Bethel University and, and then on to fish the opens and then, you know, to fish this national championship coming up in Pickwick in November, um, which is, you know, very excited to fish that. Yeah, and that's not too far from you or you at all. I I got I to gotta say, what's going on? What's in the water at Bethel University? All the kids coming out of that school are just crushing it, yourself included. Um, it really has to start, I guess, with the coaches, um, Gary Mason and Kenny Loudon. I don't think Kenny Loudon is there anymore. Um I think he's doing the archery there, but um, them two guys, they, they definitely uh, laid out the red carpet for, for guys like me and, you know, whoever else. They've done a heck of a job and uh, really interesting stuff. Riz, we got to get, we got, we got to talk to some of these coaches. Yeah. Uh, I want to get some, um, start communicating with some of the coaches because it's amazing what they're doing. The programs in high school and college are phenomenal i i want you to give a, a i want you to step back just a little bit i told a story uh my son who's 12 just lost his biggest fish in the pond uh and he's and he's emotionally struggling to get over do you have any advice for him he lost it right at right at the bank <laughs> <laughs> uh just tell him to, don't put his head down just keep on fishing because that ain't gonna be the only one he loses <laughs> <laughs> that's true oh <laughs> uh, that's good good advice attitude the entire time yes pma pma listen to swindles uh that's what i need to do is i need to sit them down and listen to uh swindles uh positive mental attitude seminar at bash you but what congratulations will we're, we're going to come back to you we're going to circle back with, to all you guys um and uh 
But I want to I want to switch gears. We talked about guys that that I can't believe the flogger is not being used for small for spotted bass fisheries. Um, I think it will be very soon. But we got a guy that just won, just fresh off of a win on the St. Lawrence w- River with a massive, uh, you know, like a five and a half pound average or better. I, it's just crazy. Um, catching spawning smallmouth is Tim Doobie. How are you, buddy? I'm I'm great. Uh, you know, still coming down from that win. <laughs> um, it's it's a heck of a river, that's for sure. No doubt about it. Have you? Do you have a lot of experience up there? Was that new to you? No, I've I've been going up there about the last four years or so. Okay, um, but never that time of year. I've never been up in June. I've always been up, you know, middle, middle August, September, even into November. The fishing is excellent up there. So I definitely had some nerves going in, being as I had no experience. I knew they were going there were gonna be some fish spawning. You just didn't know what stage they were at, if they were coming or going. Um, but while we were up there, we had we had all three stages of uh, fish. How 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 were your fish caught? Were they all spawning fish, or did you catch? Every, yep, every single fish I weighed um, came off of a bed. Um, day one, it was the first four I went to, and so it took me about twenty five minutes, and I was looking at 23, 23 pounds on four. God. Now, see, a lot of people looking at these weights got surprised because they didn't know it was a four-fish limit. So they were looking at the weights and going, ah, 20 pounds, that's pretty good. You yeah. know, but they did not They did not realize, like, a 24-pound bag was – that was day one. That was just four fish, man. That's, like – that's six-pounders. Yeah, I had a uh, six, seven that lasted two days. That was my, my biggest one I had, and everything else was a big five. <laughs> oh, man. Insane. Giant submarine. Riz, now you said something. We were talking a little bit. Now, Riz fished the tournament with you and was offering you congratulations. But he, he mentioned something, Riz, and I want you – he talked about, like, calling the weights out. Yeah, you pretty much knew what you were going to weigh in. Yeah, I um, so I found those fish in practice using the flogger. Um, instead of just putting a waypoint on the bed, when, every time I catch one, I catch it. If it's a, If it's a good fish, I'll weigh it. Um, and I'll change that waypoint name to whatever the fish weighs. So I was running to, you know, 648, and then I was running to 599, then I ran to 585, and then 565. That was the first day. That, that. I ended up uh, catching one by mistake. If I found new ones because more were coming in. I actually threw back one that would have helped, but I picked it up on day two. That's pretty pretty amazing. They stayed there. Uh, those fish stayed there for you. You know, a lot of times you, did you have any disappear? Or did everything stay put? Um, so that was part of the strategy. I, I wanted to stay away from as many boats as possible. Right. And, uh, I was planning on fishing to turn around Clayton area and I launched there and I go out and I'm, you know, every single hump, every Island had four or five boats around it. I'm like, I'm out of here. Um, cause you know, when you pull it off a of bed, it's gone. It's not like you can go behind somebody and catch another one. So I, uh, I went down river a ways and, and I, I found a, an area that didn't have many people around. And, uh, that's where I really focused in. I found, you know, the first two days I had no fish disappear. And in fact, I found one more during the tournament there. Um, but then the last day I, I was out of fish in that area and I actually went down to Clayton area and there was still some that I found that first day, but there was a lot of empty beds. I got you. Now, 
you're like I was interested because I was talking to Riz about this. I, I have never competed in a spawning tournament on a river system like that, and I was curious. Uh, did they? Were you catching them right in the current? Did you go to the backwaters to find the bedding areas? Where where do these fish spawn on on a river like that? Um, pretty much, pretty much anywhere. There's a hard bottom and some sand. It, it seemed they did not care about the current. They would That's they would amazing. find a small break somewhere. Yeah, it was it blew my mind because it was like wow, like front side of a hump or a back side of a hump, and they're they're in you know one mile an hour current, one and a half mile an hour current, and they're just sitting there. Wow. That, and that goes against the grain of everything that we've, you know, been learning. You know, fish mm -hmm. are going to dig to get out of the current, you know. Yeah, they were – they just – they didn't care. They were right in it. They would dig their hole as a bed, and they would yep. just sit there. Yep. Now, you caught these fish, weighed them, made waypoints. Did Now, smallmouth are notorious um, aggressive off the bed, so you were able to do that and still catch them. Did, did, did it uh, – did you suffer from that? Like, did were they much more difficult to catch the second time around, or or was it not a problem? Um, it wasn't a problem. The only time I really ran into the problem was the final day. Um, up until that point, you know, all eight fish I hooked came in the boat, and we're catching, you know, five, five-and-a-half-pound smallmouth, no nets. So it, it gets kind of <laughs> interesting on the side of the boat. Um, but I didn't lose a fish the first two days and the last day. You know, I, I kind of knew where I needed to be at as far as weight-wise. And, uh, you know, I hook a, a five and a quarter, and it comes off halfway to the boat. And that was the first fish I lost all week, and I spent an hour on it. Oh. And uh, I'm like, all right, we're going to go find another one, go find another one, go to grab it, lose another, lose it again. And so that spent me, like, I spent, you know, three hours trying to catch those two again, of which I only got one. Oh my goodness! That's uh, well, it's monumental when you're investing that much time in a fish. It's like time goes at warp speed when you can't get those fish to bite. Especially when you're running, you know, 50 miles. You're looking at an hour run. You gotta get gas. You know, a lot of variables. Yeah, th there's no doubt. I, and I'm amazed that you were yeah. able to find something where the other people weren't. You know, I mean, that's that's a big body of water, but that's still very, very hard to do. Why do you think that the fish you found? were being weren't pressured um there are definitely boats around me um coming from fishing champlain a lot during the spawns um if you're on champlain you're looking for the dark spawning beds the dark little circles uh those are always going to be your biggest fish and i just you know applied that being a bass is a bass is a bass to uh to the saint lawrence i looked for the darker harder to see beds where some guys would miss them that's that yep. make that makes a lot of sense, right? They're going to be light or dark, and uh, the dark ones are, are harder to see. But you were using. Let's talk about. Let's dive in. Uh, a flogger with that that was used. With, did did you catch them all off of that technique? Um, um, definitely day two, day one. I, I think half of them came on it. Um, it, it just it's just a magnifying glass, so you can see your bait easier. And even sometimes you'd still lose your bait with the flogger. You can't really see it. It was. It was definitely difficult with that current. Um, the second day, every single fish I caught was using the flogger. We had cloudy, um, cloudy overcast, and it was windy. And I mean, you couldn't see you couldn't see in the water at all unless you looked through the flogger. That's uh, inch, Rich. You, we were talking about it, and 
the, the way it's got it's so complex, right? You got you got the current, you got the wind. You were talking about getting punched in the face by the flogger. Yeah, yeah. Day day two. <laughs> oh yeah. Day two. I was yep. I was trying to force the issue in some areas that you know, like I said, I I needed to make my decision making a lot quicker than I did. But yeah, that uh that hard plastic hitting you in the forehead feels feels great. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you deal with that, Tim? Oh, absolutely. Yep. There's more than one time I got, you know, punched in the face by the flogger. And then <laughs> and then also sitting on the side of the gunnel, your chest gets pretty sore after oh, about yeah. five days of doing it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, man. That, that's got to be a new piece of gear, right? You got to have a mat to lay over your gunnel. Yeah. Like working on a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, ty- some type of protection there. But that I guess what we're talking about, guys, the, the floggers, uh, some for you that don't know what it is, it's just – it's a. It looks like a construction cone, and you view it. You got to lay over, uh, lay down, and view over the side of the boat. And the wave action is what we're talking about, because the wave action will hit that, and and you're looking right into it like a like a pair of goggles, and and uh, the waves will just mash it right into your face. So, uh, it's got to be a, a tremendously difficult. Uh, it look. I've never experienced it. I've been watching it, uh, but it's. Uh, it was tremendous that you were able to to pull it out and, and just dominate the tournament. And uh, have you, Tim, Tim, have you ever fished down south? Is this going to be your, your first trip down to the to a southern reservoir? Um, not my first trip. I've been to um, Gunnersville twice for the – I did went there for an FLW championship once. Um, and then I fished Pickwick once for about six hours. And that's that's about all I have on there. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a great tournament. Uh, I, we, we're all going to be watching. And um, congratulations, Tim, on your win. And and I, I want to throw it back over to Doug, who we started with, who who won on Grand Lake. And we didn't really get the chance to talk to you about how you won your tournament on Grand. Yeah, um, that first week of May when we arrived there, it was uh, we were coming right off the tail end of the Toyota Series. So they ended on Saturday. So we started our pre-fishing on Sunday. Uh, tournament started on Wednesday. So the priest, you know, the lake was the fish were a lot of them were post spawn. Some fish were still spawning. And uh, those guys worked on them pretty good that week before, as you can imagine, Toyota guys to do. There's like uh, two, there's 200 boats in that field. So yeah, that, that body of water was picked over. Yeah. So the lake, I mean, the lake was about normal level, maybe a foot low or so. But before the tournament was over, it was like six feet high. So. We had a lot of rain. Uh, our practice was, it was on and off. I had I had some, uh, found some fish on some wood. Uh, they were hanging around the wood cover on the banks, but problem was a lot of the other guys were hitting that stuff. So there wasn't much wood in the water. Uh, but by the end of the tournament, there was more than enough, plenty of them. So uh, caught some fish practicing, square bill, throwing my tube around. Uh, a tube, I did not fish. A, a tube. That that's real old school. You're flipping old a, school. You're flipping a tube yeah, on a, the wood. Just a regular uh, yum flipping tube. Just a awesome bullet weight. Uh, a lot of you know that Grand Lake is rocks. Lots of rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, and that wood was pretty shallow. So I wanted something that wasn't really heavy and constantly keep me hung in the rock. So um, the tube just for me it just works. I, I use it a lot. Arkansas River. That is a that is a staple for us around here. So, uh, but no, like I said, I 
I didn't have a real good practice. I, I had a, some pattern going with the with the wood and some rock piles that I'd caught fish with square bill around. I, I went down the lake uh, fishing the cleaner water, and I could catch fish down there, but the size was off for me. Like I said, the fish were going more, more post-spawn. There was still some spawning, but they were real skittish. Or I couldn't get them to hold still. Uh, so I just concentrated on that, what I call the, the upper part of the lake around the sailboat bridge area, Wolf Creek. Uh, I only really, I only made, I made one cast in the area where I ended up catching the fish. I caught one fish off of a laydown. I didn't fish that any anymore in practice, but uh, I had a late draw that first day, and the, to my surprise, there was no one in that area fishing. So I pulled in there. I didn't really know what I had, and it, my color and I doubled up like second cast, and it was on all day from there. Wow! Uh, mostly throwing a, just a square bill, uh, booyah. 1.5. It used to be a square bill. Now it's a round bill. <laughs> I ground the, ground the bill off of it. Uh, had 18, 18 pounds that first day, put me in second place overall. Uh, most of the fish came on the square bill and just a couple of key fish on the tube that, that day. And then the next day I had a, a better boat number and I went back to the same area and it was like crickets. They wouldn't touch the square bill. Uh, I ended up having to get them on a shaky head and a, and a Cinco that next day. So, and I had to expand my areas. I went to some different areas that second day. Uh, that upper end of the lake around the sailboat bridge area, the, the water was pretty dingy. So you couldn't see the fish spawning there, but I did catch a few uh, throwing a dinger around some docks that had dugouts around them. Right. Those, those fish on that place, like those docks that had the dugout areas, and you skip skip your sinko up under the. Uh, I was throwing a dinger under the cables, and uh, then the last day, I was second place. I had thirteen pounds the second day. Going out the last day, I'm still in second place. You know, and, and these deals, you have to be the top Arkansas angler to make it, or your state top angler of your state to make it to the championship. So. Unfortunately for me, Mike Webster was leading the tournament. So we had like five Arkansas guys in the top 10 or 15 or whatever it was. So uh, I just about had to win the tournament to move on. So uh, that last day, the waterhead came up four, five feet overnight. We ended up having to move the move the weigh-in trailer back. We ended up having a trailer weigh-in the last day because it all went under the water. The boat ramp there at Wolf Creek was under the water. And uh, the area where I had, main area where I had been catching them, there's huge trees floating down the Neosho River, and the mud and the debris just collected in my area. So I had to I had to scramble around, and I went and found some cleaner area, cleaner water in that in Wolf Creek. Found some cleaner water, but the further you went back, I was getting mud coming from the back of the creek. So I was getting squeezed from both both ways. Uh, Good. But I was able to find enough find enough water in there, and uh, I caught the, those fish the last day. I caught one key fish on the tube, and then I caught them on a Plated jig that last day. So wow, it, it was a roller coaster. Ended up <laughs> tying the tournament. I'm in the tying with the with the Louisiana angler. Uh, and the tiebreaker was the heaviest stringer. I had the heavy stringer on the first day. Oh man, that's incredible! Yeah. A tiebreaker and uh, the first day's bag put you over the top, man. That's uh, that was very very tight, man. There was there a lot of guys all stacked up there with you. Have it we, was a it was a roller coaster ride. Yeah, sure. 
Well, congratulations on on a on a great uh, win, winning by a tiebreaker, man. That's that's absolutely amazing, Doug. You you have a lot of experience doing this stuff in the federation. Um, did and it's a team, right? And it's kind of a tricky competition because you guys are the first guy from each team makes it to the national, but you also have a team competition. How did your team work? I mean, did do, did you guys share information? Did you not share? Were, was it very competitive? How did your team go about competing in this tournament? Just, yeah, just to give a little history on it, I mean, the, it has evolved over time, but used to the only monetary gain from the from the tournament, doing well in the tournament, was the team. The teams made the money. The individuals didn't get checks like they do now. So uh, okay. I've been part of this all the way, you know, all different sides. So used to, we would have a meeting every night and we'd meet in the motel room and every, we'd go around the room and everybody would kind of tell how they caught their fish. Right. Uh, of course you can imagine how anglers <laughs> <laughs> that could be uncomfortable for some guys. And it's, it, it's pretty comical at times. Some of the, some of the stories that you get from your competitors, but no doubt, right. They're not giving you the goods. Right. Uh, you know, it was just more of a generic. You didn't have to be really specific, but just be generic. But over time, we've moved away from that. Uh, our guys work well together. It was more of a kind of a one-on-one deal, you know, hanging around at the motel in the evenings. Uh, you know, like if, if one of our guys is not catching them very well, say, hey, man, you know, throw a tube here or, you know. Try try a square bill on the you know these rocks or something like that just to try to help your fellow anglers because you still are competing as a state and in this in our grand event Louisiana won the overall state competition and we Arkansas end up second place so there's some monetary gains from that too it goes to, goes to your state which helps fund fund these events so it's a lot of fun yeah it's interesting I didn't know the rule change right uh, that I the last I competed which was back in the 1600s the um, <laughs> It was only team money went out. Uh, so now, now there's individuals. They pay back uh, individual prizes. I that's awesome. I didn't. How far down the list did they pay? I believe it was the top sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So they basically going into the last day, they cut to the top two anglers from each state, uh, and then. Plus, if you're in the top 16 of the tournament. So, that ends up being, I think it was like 26 guys competing the last day. So, you start out with 90, and then by the last day, you're down to 26. And, it, yeah, it, you have to take the top two from each state to the last day. And if your state, if your guys are already in the top 16, then you take those two. So. Okay, okay. No, it's, it, I love – it's an interesting change. I remember uh, at the teams, we would have guys that wouldn't even come to the meetings because they wanted to – you know, didn't want to share information. There's a lot of complexities there. Uh, but, I, but our teams always did best when we shared information. And, um, and I love that part of it. I love that, that team concept, that camaraderie that you only get by competing in these divisionals. Uh, it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. But, Scott, I want to, I want to throw it to you. Do we have some uh, questions from, from people watching over at Bash U TV? I know, uh, I know we probably got a lot of Federation guys over there. Yeah, absolutely. We got uh, a question from Frank. He was asking about uh, the, the role of live when you're rolling up on a bed. Are you looking at it through your live scope to sneak up on them? Or what's your tactic using kind of live, live sonar? Live sonar for all the guys. Let's throw it around the room. Uh, that's the question. And um, 
you know, let's let Doug. We were just talking to you. Did 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 your forward facing sonar play in your tournament? Absolutely. Uh, the kind of the style of fishing that I was doing, you wouldn't think it would lend itself to it, but I uh, actually there was a there was one particular point that I didn't realize stuck out so far in the lake where I was fishing. And uh, the first pass I made on that that morning, I saw some fish hanging off off the edge of it, and uh, they looked to be bass. And so the next pass I made on that place, I caught my biggest fish. I held the boat off of it and ended up catching my biggest fish right there. So it, it certainly did. I, it wasn't the focus of my my mm -hmm. pattern was to use the, the forward facing the Garmin, but uh, it certainly helped. Uh, do, do well. There's one down, Frankie. How about you out at Lake Havasu? Were you was uh, the forward facing a part of your tournament? I didn't have a graph on my boat, so no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Old you, school, baby. You, you you just made half of the audience jump up and cheer, Frankie. <laughs> I have one graph on the console with GPS and water temp and depth, and then I don't have a spot lock trolling motor. I I'm not I'm not technology. I don't use technology. I don't like it. I'm old school, but I'm young. Go fishing. Yeah. Good job, man. That's I, I love that. John, John Cox, uh, Keith Poche, all these guys come to mind, man. Way to go. All right. Frankie's out, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fishing in the dirt. How about, how, how about, how about you, Will? How about at Smith Lake? Did it, did it play for you? Oh, absolutely. It was a key, um, instrument that I used to, to definitely win that tournament. Uh, eliminated a lot of water, um, and, you know, saved me a lot of time. When I'd go in the back of these drains or runoffs, if I didn't see them, I'd get out of there, go to the next one. And uh, that really, um, really saved me. So uh, it's definitely changed the way that I fish totally, even here on the Coosa River. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I, I understand. And it, well, there's two, two out of three are using it. How about the spawning fish up at the St. Lawrence, Tim? Was was uh, was that a factor in finding or catching those fish? Um, not so much for catching them. Um, I did have it on during practice, but during the tournament, my my only graph was a my only uh, screen was just the map with waypoints. It, mm. it really didn't play a factor. It would have definitely played a factor later in the year, um, and I'm sure some guys did use it in this tournament that were fishing for pre-spawners. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was just everything was eyeballs and, and flogging yeah. the entire time. The flogger is like the, the living scope. Like yes. the, the live scope is good, <laughs> exactly. but with the flogger, you're, you're like actually looking at them <laughs> in 20 feet of water. So. You're, you're down in the bed, like having an aqua view down there. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's a good question on the, on the message board. There's some banter going around about the flogger, right? So... Do you paint it? Or Good, get a little closer to oh, the mic, Scott. Oh, there you go. Do you know, with the flogger, a lot of people are talking about painting them, different colors, putting mm -hmm. straps on them so you don't lose them. Any tips and techniques the crew wants to give us on how to use one of those? Yeah. Do, Tim, are you are you camouflaging your flogger so people can't see you using it? I mean, it's very obvious when you're using the flogger. You're looking <laughs> at the guy on the front deck laying on his belly. Um so, but I do paint mine black, um, both sides of it to just stop the light from going through. Um, oh, and okay. on the St. Lawrence, I did have to use a rope to tie it up because normally you can just hook a fish and you just let the flogger go and it won't sink on you. Um, but on the St. Lawrence, by the time you got that fish in, your <laughs> flogger would be about a quarter mile down the river. So yeah. you ended up having to tie a rope on it. So when you set the hook, you just let it hang next to the boat. <clears throat> I got you. That's that's it. That's really cool. Uh, it will float away. That current's ripping up there. We but, need to make a flogger that's about six feet tall, 
So we can I just, just stand up and yeah, stand up and do it, man. It's pretty. I mean, getting getting up and down is like, I mean, do it especially when you're looking, like looking for them. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's you know, fifty to a hundred times a day, just yeah. down on your knees, back up, down on your knees, back. It's like it's like being a Catholic church, like you're just constantly up and down. It, is is your body still sore, Tim? Um, at this point, no. Uh, recovered. Definitely Saturday and Sunday, but. Yeah. We're we're over that hump finally. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Scott, Scott. Couple couple that with the fifty mile ride. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you, you <laughs> get you, you get you get out of the seat and your back's just twisted into a knot. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm definitely a couple inches shorter <laughs> after that week. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, you you had the long rides there. Get ready, Pickwick's a big lake. You can make oh, long yeah. runs down there too. And uh, yeah, Scott, let me throw it back to you. Do we have a, yeah, a, another just, question for the guys? Uh, just a, a general one. So, what about fogging up? Like, do these floggers fog up? Do you have to put anything on the, the plastic? You know, like your. I know my hummingbirds. You got to clean them up real good, and so they don't fog up on me when it rains. Um, I mean, the only time it really fogs up is when you get water on the inside of it, yeah. um, which does happen. Um, but usually, you just you just take it apart. You wipe it down with a rag, real good. Um, you can use glass cleaner on it, but really, it wasn't didn't happen that much for me no good deal i got a i got a question um this format is a multi-day tournament and i remember it was a big deal for me in the federation because it was all single days right we you qualify through the state in one day events uh most of the team tournaments you fish are one day events so the very first multi-day tournament that i competed in was a nation divisional tournament and I found that, boy, there's there's a lot of adjustments. It, it kind of shocked me. Um, and I'll, I'm going to throw it to you, Frankie. Uh, um, no sonar, Frankie. I love that. We got We got to. We got to come up with a tagline <laughs> for him. But um, did, was this your? You know, do you have a lot of experience with multi-day tournaments, or was this your first go at it, Frank? Uh, no, this was actually the fourth time I've fished a regional tournament. Wow. At 26, that says a lot. Yeah, thank you. But um, that, and then I fished the one Bass Pro-Ams out west, and I fished the Toyota Series. So I've, I've fished a handful of them. You know, it, I'm kind of comfortable with them now, but it's not bad. Did you, if you had to, you know, what was the big adjustment or do you, can you think of an adjustment you had to make, you know, the difference between going from single-day tournaments to multi-days? Well, I think the mo- I like the multi-day tournaments more because, you know, if you slip up, you have another day to make it up. Mm-hmm. You know, one-day tournaments, you gotta you can't mess up at all. Ideally, you don't want to mess up at all, but on three days, you have a chance to pick up ground that you lost, and it just it, it helps me kind of fish a little more comfortable. Yeah, I, I well, you seem to do that in your tournament out at Havasu because you had the biggest bag of the tournament with a 22-pound bag coming off of a 12-pound day one. So you were, you know, you were able to really make a nice adjustment there. What, what, t- tell me about that. Like, how were you catching them on Havasu? Because we haven't really heard about uh, your Havasu patterns. How, how were you catching them? How did you make that adjustment to catch that monster bag? Uh, well, I fished, my pre-fish was mostly uh, two weeks before that. Uh, I fished the one bass Arizona open 
and I that kind of I kind of used that as my pre-fish. And on day one, I'd found some fish shallow in that tournament before, and it was, I was hoping to go flip, but it was kind of overcast and calm, so they were kind of just out cruising around. So I just picked up a swim jig and a chatterbait and just paralleled tule lines all day, and that's how I caught them. I caught a couple flipping, but uh, mostly doing that. And I seen a lot of the big ones that I honestly think I are the ones that I caught the second day. Okay. And then day two. By the way, for the re for the rest of the world, tulies are cattails or reeds. Uh, we've got different different uh, names for that all across the country, but uh, at the West Coast, guys always are calling them tulies. I love that. Yeah, and then day two, like I said, it was the same thing. I ran the same tule patches, and you know, I I was telling my co angler, and I haven't caught a good one all week. You know, in the last few weeks, I've been fishing and. My first fish was a two pounder on the swim jig parallel on it. And then I started flipping because the wind started blowing and the sun came up and my next fish was like a five pounder. And then I just kept running the same waters. And like I said, I'm pretty sure I caught the fish that I seen the day before because I seen some big ones. And then, you know, they just one of those days that just comes together and works out for you. And then the last day that was a mentally challenging day. You know, I, uh, I caught a, good one right off the bat and then i went a few hours without a bite then i caught another one and then another one after that i had three fish with about an hour to go and i got i lost a couple throughout the day and i pulled into one more spot and i uh i was able to flip one and then i lost another one and at that point i i knew i was like there's no way i just lost the tournament and i was stressed because the guy who was in second place, like four ounces behind me, was from Arizona. And there was another guy in the top five from Arizona. And it was uh, it was pretty stressful. But, you know, coming back, you know, the doc talk, which I never really try to tend to listen to. But talking to other people, they're like, man, he only had one fish. He only had two fish. So that kind of, I don't know. That, waiting in the parking lot to go up with the weigh-in bag that day, that was, uh, that was probably the longest weigh-in of my entire life. <laughs> that's a lot i don't of, know the feeling yeah that's a lot of pressure well it's you, like the hardest it's like yeah. the heaviest anxiety you ever feel waiting in that bag line it really is you well, know you love i mean love it but you know it's like yep. everybody's talking you know do, do, do you have enough do you think you got enough uh you know especially only sitting on four fish uh you know that's uh you got to think oh man did i leave it out there but you didn't you won you won the event and those fish that you caught out of the toolies, did any of them have birds in their bellies? Uh, no, it was a little early in the year for that. Okay. <laughs> um, right now is when you start catching them with birds in their bellies. Okay. Uh, those are all just big, fat, pre-spawn largemouth. It's so yeah. it's so cool because you know I got I heard it for the first time when Aaron Martin's won out there flipping the toolies and and he'd show you the bass and he'd feel around and he'd say see there's a bird they they yep. i guess those red wing blackbirds all nest in the toolies and uh and the bass the bass feed on them and it's a it's a pretty it's big pattern out there <laughs> uh, there was a lot of guys upset about that after that tournament because he revealed all the secrets that everyone thought they had but oh. <laughs> answer questions on the buddy's birds in my live well. yeah right yeah that's uh spin them up yeah the, the, and that's that's just such a unique pattern but yeah he he revealed that for sure um but that's great stuff and uh 
Well, great win out there at, at, at Lake at Lake Havasu. It's it's if, for those of you guys that that have never been out west. It's it's I I call it a desert lake. It's it's just uh, it looks like uh, it looks like you're fishing on the moon compared to most of the other parts of the country. But but Havasu and Mead and uh, their clear water um, fisheries and great fisheries. So. Um, but congratulations, Frankie. Doug, I want to throw it back to you because you may have the most experience here in multi-day tournaments. Uh, what advice would you have for, for people that are that are moving from, you know, and maybe going to Pickwick, maybe fishing a series of multi-day tournaments for the first time on, uh, on how they can be successful going from, from single-day competitions to multi-day competitions? And I love, I love multi-day events. That's what I look forward to. Anytime I can get into one of those, uh, I'm not always the guy in the click that's on the, you know, on the big schools or whatever, but usually if you give me, you know, give three days, I can, I can keep, keep, be consistent enough to do well. Uh, I guess the main thing, like my day one part in Coinger that I had at Grand Lake was he kept, he asked me a couple of times, are you thinking about laying off of these fish? And I said, no, I'm not laying off these fish. Cause I knew the lake was changing every day. The water was rising. The mud was moving around. Uh, I'm like, we're going to catch them all we can catch. Yes. You know, so I, I start calling, you know, throwing back fish that, that I could, you know, that three pounders and down or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep leaning on. Turns out I needed every ounce that I, that I got. Uh, but learning through the years, what I've learned is when you're pre-fishing, you find a pattern, don't run that pattern all over the lake. That's what I used to do. I would I would get on the fish first day of practice. I'd run the whole lake looking for that pattern. I'd catch, you know, I'd have really good practices. But uh, tournament time, something changes, that pattern doesn't work anymore. Now you're in trouble. So I guess my advice would be to try to find as many different patterns as you can and not just try to put, run that one pattern all week of practice. That's great, great advice. And I love your your – the assessment you made there, the, the waterway is changing by the second. There's no way I'm leaving feeding fish on there. I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow. I'm going to catch what I can, and I'm going to worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, great, great advice on a, on a changing fishery like rising water like you dealt with out there. That's, that's great stuff and uh, great advice for everybody. Uh, t Tim, I want to throw it over to you because you had to deal with spawning fish um, so did Will spawning fish in multi-day tournaments, but how how did you guys? Let me start with you, Tim. Did you? Um, did, I guess you were able to conserve your fish and manage your fish uh, in a sight fishing tournament. That's pretty hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, you know, on, on the first day, I I actually caught one fish. It was uh, it would have helped me by a quarter of a pound. It was like a five seventy five, and I threw it back. Um, to go pick it up the next day. All right, raise your hand if you've ever called a five point seven pound bass in a tournament. Pete, he didn't call that fish. He he caught that fish, Wait and it would have called a fish for him, and he threw it back so that he could catch it the next day. Saving strategy. Wait a second. Yep. Wait a second. I don't he think he caught that, a fish yeah. that would have given him a heavier bag on that day. On on day one. On day one. On day one. And let it swim back to the bed so he could catch it the next day. If if it was a five fish limit, I would have almost push twenty nine pounds. Wow, wow! How big was the fish? Smaller than that? How many? Um, it was a five sixty five. Five sixty five. 
Yeah, that's it's that's that's <laughs> incredible. That's incredible. But only but you can only do that when you're on a ridiculously good fishery like the Thousand yep. Islands with these massive groups of massive smallmouth. That's not realistic to most people listening nah, to New, this. New, 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 York fish, New York fishing is fake. Like it's not. It's, it's not even like the real world. You go yeah. up there and it's so good. Yeah. And then we we got our places. We got to grind our hands into the bone to get five bites a day. Yeah. It's a, crazy. A lot of places are like that. But but I but I, you know, you were fishing in a great fishery, but you outfished everybody. Yeah. I'm not trying. There's no way we're taking anything away from no. what you did there. No, not at all. It's absolutely it's, it makes it even harder. It, it, no. I yeah. say all the time, it makes it harder to win on places when the, the fishing is just out of control good. Yeah. Because, like, anybody can catch a giant at any given time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, to come out on top and win during an event like that, where they're literally spawning everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere yeah. to find the four biggest fish for three days in a row is... It's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that was like before the tournament. Everyone, all the doc talk was like, "How much is it going to take for this? What What's the number? You know?" Yeah. And uh, what was the number? Like twenty, twenty-one, three days in a row. Tw- I know yeah. twenty pounds a day. You'd be doing pretty good. Wow, but, that's intimidating. Yeah, on a four time. fish limit. Four fish limit. Yeah, crazy. Well, you did all that. What was, What was your weight? Sixty-two and change. Sixty-two ten. Yep, that's a that's a five and a quarter pound average, right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty stout stuff. Well, let's uh, let's go from you know Disneyland uh, up at Thousand Islands <laughs> to uh, let's go let's go down to Smith Lake where uh, Will you you, uh, you know managing a sight fish during your tournament had to be a lot more complex. Uh, yes, sir. It was, you know, I love sight fishing and I had in my mind when I got there that that's all I'm going to look for and try to find some early fish, shad spawn type deal. And I pulled up and a couple areas where I found some fish before cut off that was bedding and it was muddy and I saw or stained and the water was, I think it's four foot higher than normal pool. I, I don't know the actual number of, I think it's like 411 or whatever. It was like 415 and the water level of the lake and so i went you know different areas of the lake trying to find um clear water and it just didn't pan out for me and um the last day of practice i think we practiced that sunday in three days the water dropped um almost two foot so i went back in the area and checked out a couple places and seen a four pounder that was just kind of hanging out and the buck was up there on bed, and I was like, well, I'll come back in here and catch you, you know, in the tournament, hopefully. Well, I went back in there after day on day one, and she was gone. I was like, golly. And um, went back in there second day, she was gone. Third day, I told my co-angler I had like, I don't know, 11 half pounds, and I had like 20 minutes left. I said, let me run back in here real Real quick, just check on this fish. I got a shot to win. I need to catch her. So I run back in there. Buck was up there. And I look, and here comes the female. She just chased off the brim. Come on. Swims right there. I flip up there, and she sucks it right in, and I catch her. With 15 That's minutes awesome. to go. <laughs> yes, did that? Did that win it? Yes, sir. That Well, it had been close. It had been close. I think I won like five, two and a half pounds, so 
I had one that was two and a quarter uh, that I had to get rid of. So, you know, it might have well, you know, won it for me. But you always fish like it's your, you know, like you got to have every ounce. So I always fish the last minute because you never know. Yeah, that's 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 well, that's sound advice uh, for anybody, especially fishing a multi-day tournament. Is is you've got to fish, uh, you know, till the very end, till the wire drops, and uh, you ne- you never know. You never know you'll be able to jump back in the tournament. But uh, Scott, do we have a, a question or two that we can throw to these guys? Because we're we're I, I yeah. appreciate you guys. I mean, we're dealing with guys like uh, you know, the, you guys are working full time. You're doing this on the weekends, and I appreciate you. Uh, and and the companies that you work for for being able to be here with us today, um, so yeah. we're gonna uh, we're you know really appreciate that. And I want to wish you guys best luck. I want to throw you a question. I just you, if guys are gonna follow you, they want to watch you through the national championship. Um, uh, do you guys have social media accounts? Let let me you know start it with Frankie. Do you guys have a place where guys can keep up with you and how you're doing? Yeah, it's just. Probably my Instagram would be Frankie underscore Mueller. Nothing fancy about that. M-U-E-L-L-A-R. And then Facebook, same thing. Awesome. Well, uh, how about you, Doug? Yeah, on my, on my Facebook page, Doug Thompson. There. And and Will? Uh, I got an Instagram, which I do not know my username because I don't ever change it or whatever. Um, I think it's Will Davis uh, 777 underscore. And then I have Facebook, just as Will Davis. Outstanding. Tim? Uh, yeah, just on Facebook, you know, Tim Doobie. And then um, my Instagram, it's uh, under Tim Doobie, but it's uh, it's Doobie time. Doobie time. That is my – yep. And there you I wonder if we're talking was, about fishing. It was Doobie time at <laughs> St. Lawrence. <that's> sure. <laughs> uh, love it. Love it. Guys, hey, thanks so much for taking the time to come and hang out with us at the Bash U. We're going to be watching, and uh, hopefully one of you guys is going to be raising the big trophy. Maybe – Maybe one, you know, one or all of you guys are going to the Bassmaster Classic. But thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Th- thank you guys. I appreciate you, and uh, and we'll catch up with you real soon. Everybody watching, we'll keep you updated as we'll be keeping an eye on the guys and, and how they're doing. So, so thanks so much. Yeah. We, can we get, can we take a quick break? Yeah, Riz? yeah, we'll take a quick break. Thanks That's, to the uh, regional champions, there, guys. It was. Uh, Interesting, interesting yeah. talk there. Yep, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to give away some uh, some really cool prizes. Go like us and share us over on Facebook. Uh, we are brought to you by Tackle Direct. We're at Tackle Direct Studios, and uh, we are going to be uh, we'll be right back after this message, and we'll give away some stuff. So hang in there, guys. <laughs> BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. 
providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for, catch more fish, have more fun. Aquaview, seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That they're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you are. Uh, glad you're with us. What a what a great uh, story from each one of those anglers, and a new story in, under development right now. But the Mississippi River with uh, the Northern Division going to be starting tomorrow, and uh, it's just such cool. I I just want to give a, a shout out for Bass Boat for Sale, um, Riz. I wonder if they take goats in trade. I think they do. Actually, <laughs> it's. Uh, They've they've recently worked it in to their to their sales uh, to the sales program. Um, you can only do it though on the third Wednesday of uh, every third month. Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're but you the can do it. Goats, so. uh, who knows what else? But okay. uh, so if you've got a if you've got a high, you know, top shelf goat that you wanna <laughs> that you wanna list, this might be the place. We love Bass Boat for sale. Jocelyn's over there like, what in the heck is being talked about right now? She's 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 rolling her eyes thinking these guys are just out of their mind. I think I came in a little too late because yeah. I have no clue what goat or sheep That's, or whatever uh, you're talking about. No, one, one, one of the, guy, the guys, one of our guys, Frankie from uh, Havasu, has got his first boat by trading a goat to get his first boat. But, we get a lot out of yeah. Well, we love Bass Boat for Sale. You got a boat to buy and set or sell. It's the place to list. It's the place to buy. It's where everybody's looking. High quality, 
high-class boats that are going to, you know, when you make a purchase, going to get you on the water. They're going to be right. So go check it out if you're in, in the business or, or in, wanting a, to buy or sell a boat, bass boat for sale. Uh, so we've got a Facebook like and share going on. You guys know that. Get that done if you haven't done it. Go get subscribed right now at BassU.TV if you haven't done that. Jocelyn, what else we got? There, here it comes. Come on. Where? There she is. There she is. celebrating america and an american-made product so they're going to have a really cool sale going on it's their largest sale yet it's going to be uh 20 off all cash and rods and also free shipping on all orders that's amazing yeah so what we're gonna deal. update that code but it's for everyone not just it, it's for everyone but for our members go check it out use the code made in america and you'll get 20 percent off um, we also have a few other things. Hobie Eyewear, um, they have their Monarch float sunglasses. Um, it's going to be their new product at iCast, and they're currently running the 4th of July, July sale on their website for 20% off plus free shipping on those pairs. So they're their new pair, so go check them out. Awesome. And then we also have we're giving, our – We're giving away a pair of Hobies We today. are. That is – that those sunglasses. That's exactly – we're going to be giving those away. Excellent. Tough uh, question, by the way. I hope you guys were taking notes. <laughs> yep. Hold your mic a little closer. Oh, thank you. Um, and then also something that we just got in, Rod Warrior, our uh, buddy Pete Lerner, sent over that he wants to do a 15% off uh, for BU members – site-wide for fourth of july so we're going to probably send out a newsletter so check your newsletter and you'll get a, a specific code and you'll get 15 percent off rod warrior that, i love the rod warrior they float protect your yep. rods especially when you're buying high caliber stuff like cash and rods gotta love those rod warrior sleeves and hooks do not stick in them no matter that's, what you do that's it's true the most beautiful part of it it is it really is gotta have to transport your your babies everywhere that's right <laughs> Um, and also, just go check out uh, Tackle Direct because they're having their beginning of summer sale. So there's a lot of things going on over there. So there's there's so many sales during Fourth of July. Everyone, that's when you should shop. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's, that's great. Go check it all out. Thank you, Jocelyn. Appreciate you being being with us today. You can hear her uh, via voice. We don't have a camera. Can't on see her me. Right. Now. I like it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like that you're here. And uh, go check out all that great stuff. And uh, we have. Uh, do you want to do? Are you? What do you want to do first? The like and share, Riz. Where are we at? Um, I'll go ahead and cue the cue the question up, uh, and then we'll then get we'll the like, like get the ah. like and share ready to go. Um, so today's grand prize trivia question is going to be: So on day one of Tim Doobie's regional tournament on the St. Lawrence River. He opted not to call out one of his fish with a larger fish so that he could catch the larger fish on day two. What did the fish he opted not to call weigh? What did the fish weigh that Tim Doobie opted not to call on day one of his St. Lawrence River tournament? And that's, uh, yeah, we're looking for, we're looking for exact Got to be specifics. Got to be specific. So what? <laughs> What a, what a, what an amazing uh, what an amazing set of events to let a fish that big go and be calling a uh, fish of that caliber just uh, truly amazing stuff. We'll see. Well, I, I think I think we need the 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 exact on it, but yeah. 
It's it's pounds, tenths, and hundredths. So he gave the, he gave the exact number, guys. So uh, that's that's what we're looking for. By the way, we're going uh, our bash you. It's a for our Facebook like it's here. We have a fifty dollar uh, pack. It's going to include stuff like uh, from Rapala, from VMC, from TH Marine, and we're going to hook you guys up with a really cool pack like we always do. And uh, we've got uh, what else do we got going on? We've we just uh, we we were just working on a great seminar and. This is kind of like uh, I want to start uh, giving you guys a really strong look at what's going on behind the scenes. But that Hank Cherry, who obviously has won two Bassmaster Classics, back-to-back Bassmaster Classics, and is a riprap specialist, uh, we have a seminar that we're dropping uh, with Hank Cherry that is about how to attack riprap, how to attack it through the seasons, and this is going to be something that everybody wants to listen to. It's going to help everybody in any body of water that they fish because every body of water has it. I, it virtually, I, I can't think of a body of water that doesn't have it. If it's a reservoir, it always, you know, you're, you have it for bank stabilization on properties. You have it at your dams, anywhere the current sweeps for erosion control. Riprap definitely exists. It's... Um, it can be shallow, can be deep. It, it exists there. On natural bodies of water, once again, it's often used for bank stabilization. And fish use it. They use it to spawn. They use it to transition, to feed. And and Hank is just the absolute best using his Berkeley Stunna uh, jerkbait. Uh, most all, can be most often seen throwing that up on, on the riprap. So look for that coming real soon. Uh, to Bash University TV, and we have uh, a constant source of information. We launch two to three pieces of content every single week. Also, look for us down at iCast. We're going to be broadcasting um, via social, really live, uh, with a lot of what's going on at iCast. We are going to be talking with all the movers and shakers of the industry, what the new products are, what's going to be launched, uh, and things that uh, you really need to know about. So look for uh, for the Bash University iCast reporting and information. Uh, none more important than some of the new Humminbird stuff. Really want you guys to check that out. Mum's the word. I cannot talk about it. Mum's the word. Because <laughs> it is top secret. But on July 6th, uh, Hummingbird is going to be releasing all the deets on their new stuff. And you want to talk about uh, stuff that's going to change the way you think about uh, the way you fish. I I just I want to talk about it, Jocelyn. They won't let me talk about it. I mean, you could. You just get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Maybe. I wonder what the penalty would be. Is it, is it worth it? I mean, Maybe they always say it. do it and then ask for forgiveness. Right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, <laughs> you're, you're off the hummingbird team. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're out of here. Yeah. Better, better, what is it? Better to uh, beg for forgiveness yep. than ask for permission? Mm. That's what oh. I was taught. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not going to do that. That's though. some no. amazing gear, though. 
I yeah. mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. Mind blowing. It it it's truly gonna revolutionize. I'm really excited things. for iCast this year because last year was my first iCast and it was a little slow, but I hear this this year it's gonna pick up and there's gonna be a lot more it'll be, people there and it'll be busy. It'll be busy. We're back to normal, right? We've been dealing finally. with the COVID years and um there's going to be new products, always exciting uh, to see. Um, of course, Ike's Gilly did yeah. really, really well. Won it last year. Yes. And uh, best in show for Allure, which was, like, uh, very unusual um, That's an un- to, to have that be the deal. What's it going to be this year? I don't know. He's got, a, he's got the new product, the new lure. The new spider. Uh, spider. They had a spider. Spider jig. No. Yeah. They have. They've had that. Bat lure. Yeah. They got the birds. They had the ducks. Yeah, the ducks. I yeah. saw those. Yeah. Flip-flop lure. We're going to come. Maybe we need to reintroduce the tube. I, I love it, what uh, Doug was using down there to win his tournament. Flipping a tube, Riz. Come on. Flipping a tube. That's old school. Do we have Not a, the jig. A tube. <laughs> We're releasing a video today about flipping. Flipping we are. 101. Brandon Polinick. Oh, yes. Brandon Polinick. Um, I, re- I remember when we produced that. And uh, Brandon's such a good teacher. He's one of the best teachers, been around uh, uh, with us since day one. Uh, also, a nation guy. Um, he got his start through the nation, just like everybody that we had on the show today. So very uh, always thrilled to have Brandon as part of Bash University, and you want to definitely check out his flipping and pitch. His big his swim bait, his glide bait fish catches uh, is still uh, one of the most exciting and popular fish catches that we have. We just filmed that this year. That's awesome. Anybody get close yet, Riz? Yeah, yeah, we got yeah, a winner. We, yep. What? I didn't hear the bell. It was ding, ding, ding. Uh, Frank <laughs> with the correct answer of five sixty eight. Man, Tim Newby opted not to call a 568 smallmouth on day one of the tournament with a fish that weighed substantially more so that he could keep that fish for the next day and and catch it and weigh it again off of a bed. Yeah. That's a that's crazy to me because how do you know that fish is going to be that there? Somebody that's else is going to catch it. That's a gamble. That's a gamble. You got craziness. Take. Yes. Mm. I'm waiting for the MLF guys to get on a tournament like this where they can uh, catch and release the same fish over and over and over and keep getting. Uh, Pretty sure it happened last year for it. at Did, the St. Lawrence, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I, I won't name any names, but some guys caught the same fish like five and six times throughout the tournament. Is that true? Wow. Yes. I missed that one. Yeah. I'll, I'll test it's it on out. on the river. Yeah. On the St. Lawrence. Uh, you're gonna t- you, Scott's gonna test it. I'm out. gonna put it through the test. Yeah, don't let any 5.68 pounders go, Scott. But I love put that idea of putting that weight on your waypoint. I mean, that's genius. Yeah, right. I mean, well, it takes a second, but man, it really it's a uh, tournament like that. It's pretty complex because I've never done that. I usually will do it by visual, like I can look at them and say, okay, that's that's a good one. That's a three pounder. But when you start getting up into that range where they're all in that four to five pound range, I guess it's so hard to decide. A four right. pounder could be a six pounder, depending on its depth. And it's tough to tell, yeah. honestly. Like eyes. I, I I realized quickly that like, you know, you look at a fish in eighteen feet of water on a bed, which is like crazy. You yeah. think about that, like, oh it it's looks, in, it on looks 18, it's, it's in eighteen feet of water, it's in current, like the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And you look down there and it looks like a perch. You know what I mean? And it gets up next to the boat. It's like a five and a half pounder just, you know, wallowing next to the boat. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, this was a little bigger than I thought it was. Yep. Staring at it through a stupid traffic cone. 
<laughs> traffic. And just figure That's out. when you need an aqua view. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That would do it. Exactly. Just right. figuring out where to cast to get on that bed with the current, the wind, the boat movement. Oh yeah, like we're talking about we're talking about half ounce drop shot. Yeah, Tim, and we should have I should have asked this on the show, oh, but, the I, but I know just from from talking after the tournament, Tim was using a one ounce drop shot weight. Wow, one ounce yeah. drop shot weight, three quarter ounce Ned Rick had. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. That's that's what you got in order to get the baits down with wind and current and waves. Yeah. It's amazing. You, if you, it's a lot more challenging than you think it is. You see a, a bed in even five feet or yeah. deeper. I mean, it's you throw. You think you're throwing upstream, but then you watch your bait get washed down. So you, ab you absolutely need those heavier weights. But yep. that is extreme. One ounce and a three quarter yep. ounce Ned. Uh, who makes a three quarter ounce Ned? I need to get some of those. <laughs> well, that's great stuff. Great show. I loved it. Love talking with the the weekend warriors. Congratulations, guys! Thanks again for being on the show. Appreciate you, uh, Jocelyn. Appreciate you being here with us. And uh, Scott, thanks for filling in. Yeah, great time. Yeah, I pre appreciate you. And uh, of course, Riz. Uh, Great finish up there at the St. Lawrence. Congrats for making it. And, Our own uh, Barry Hammer yep. at SU. Good yep. job. Well done, and uh, and thanks for everything. Man, we're going to have to get back to that tournament because – It's fun. <laughs> I, You know, it's it's a weird thing. I, For people that follow along with Bashu and everything else, I got a lot going on right now. Like, I, I bought a house in April. It's a fixer-upper. I have a ton going on, and – I went into that tournament up on the St. Lawrence. Like I honestly had kind of a, I don't even really want to be here mentality. Like just cause I have so much other crap going on. Mm -hmm. But when they call your boat number, everything else goes out the window. Yeah. Rich, you know what, what was mean? your emergency tackle direct order that you needed to place? Oh, oh. my emergency <laughs> tackle director. Yeah. Shout out to the guys at tackle direct, um, as advertised, they will get you the stuff in very short order. So I had to get uh, a tackle direct order in for uh, spy baits, uh, drop shot weights, uh, more uh, more Berkeley Max scent, and um, and some swim baits. So the uh, the guys I was staying with, you know, like we, you know, we we talked about. It. I was I was up there with a group group of guys that I fish with all the time, and uh, we all needed stuff. I put that order in at about I don't know three o'clock on on uh on monday afternoon and it was it was at our door tuesday morning so yep. they uh they got the stuff together got it out the door quick and got it overnighted uh up there so big shout out to tackle direct they uh they put some they put some baits in the house uh that i was staying at that <laughs> that were really really crucial to uh to one of the guys we stayed with you know coming away with the win so it was uh good stuff from from tackle direct excellent Facebook like and share winner? Yes, we have a Facebook like and share winner today of Mr. Warren Beard. Mr. Warren Beard, thanks for supporting the Bash University Live podcast. You won yourself a $50 awesome tackle pack from all of our sponsors here at Bash UTV. We will be next week, Mike and I will be competing at the Bass Open up on Lake Oneida. Pete, your mic. <laughs> Lake Oneida. There you we, go. There we go. I guess, sorry. We, uh, Mike and I will be competing at the Bassmaster Open Lake Oneida. So uh, 
I'll be keeping you guys posted on social through the Bash University pages, so so check all that stuff out and wish us well. We yes, hope sir. to hopefully one of us will be punching a ticket to this year's Bassmaster Classic and joining some of these other guys that are that are going to get there real soon. Yeah. So we'll, we will see you the week after, and we'll keep you posted. We're going to have another great guest. Thanks, yep. everybody, for taking some time, hanging out with us. It was a blast, and we will see you in two weeks with another episode of Bash University Live. Have a great day, everybody.